are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt and Jeff King's here. Good day. Playing the guitar again. Um, and the wind is here. It's a windy night in very, Melbourne. It's very windy. Windy. Uh, still no Roger Gibbs. He's on holiday. He's now in um, Lyme Regis, which is right yeah. near where my parents live. And uh, the week that he's there, they've gone away. I think that says a lot about Rog. Why do they call it Lyme Regis? Because the stones... Limestone. Oh, limestone. Yeah. It's not limes. No, no, no. They don't grow limes. <laughs> thinking, thinking about the limes. No. No. no it's, like, it's the Jurassic Coast. No, like they all like gin and tonic. No. The no. Jurassic Coast. Yeah, it's, it's called the Jurassic Coast. Why? Because there's loads of uh, Jurassic Age fossils there. Because the stone was perfect for making fossils. So, if you want a history lesson, go to Lime Regis. Well, there we go. Look at some there fossils. We go. Well done, Rog. So, Rog is learning about fossils. Um, and us two fossils <laughs> hey, uh, are going to talk about football. Um, but we're going to start with a question, as we always do. So, Jeff, it's Champions League this morning. It was, yeah. How many goals in the 12 Champions League games since the quarterfinals? So there's the four quarterfinals, two legs, and then semifinals, two legs each for 12 games. How many goals has there been? Okay. 12 games. A lot. Um... 40. You were pretty close. 44. 44. Average of 3.66 goals per game. That's just brilliant. It's so good. It's the pinnacle <laughs> of football. It really is. And it's such a um, such a change. Oh, it used to be like knockout stages. It was just like defend, 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 but win 1-0. You'd see it. You'd see these amazing games in the group group stage. You'd be like, yeah. oh, I fucking love the Champions League. And it'd yeah. come back in February or whenever. Yeah. And suddenly it'd be nil-nil. Oh, as long as you can get a nil-nil and then grab a 1-nil away from home, everything's fine. But yeah. it's just not that anymore. Just, just doesn't, well, and like, um, not to talk about Man United straight away, but Mourinho went away to Seville, who sacked their manager this week, by the way. Um, because they're crap. <laughs> <laughs> they only hired him just before the main night game. Um, but the, he went away to there and drew nil-nil because he thought, oh, I'll get a nil-nil draw. That'd be okay. That doesn't work in the Champions no, League. No, it doesn't work. You've got to attack. I love that it doesn't work. I think that's that's why you watch football. It's you don't want it for a, watch it for a strategic nil-nil away from home. Like That's mm. just crap. No. And um, there was 20 goals in the two semi-finals. So there's 13 in the wow. Liverpool-Roma game and 7 in the Real Madrid Bayern. 13. Yes. So 7-6 it was an accurate, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, did you watch that this morning? I did. Yes, I got to watch the whole thing. Talk to me. Um, it was impredictably chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... The, the first 20 minutes were a bit nervy and a bit like, oh, no one knows what's happening. Um and then um, it all just kicked off. I'm trying to remember who scored first now. Mane. Mane scored first. Um, and at that point, everyone went, oh, it's all over. And Romo's head went down a bit. Um, then they got a goal back. Um, oh, I can't, really can't remember. I was very half awake. They got a goal back. Then Liverpool went 2-1 up. And Liverpool went 2-1 up. Then Milner's face provided an own. No, that was, that was, oh, that was, was the, the first goal. goal. Which was amazing. It, it was amazing, <laughs> yeah. He just smacked off his face, went in. Um, and then it was two all, and it was two all for about an hour, mm. and it was all just like chill out. It's all done. No one cares anymore. Everyone's given up. And then Klopp did his substitution, where he takes off a forward player, puts on a centre back, and everyone went, "Oh, maybe it's not over because they've got just, a chance here." Yeah, yeah. yeah panic. And um, Roma went for it in the last ten minutes, and they got a penalty in the very last minute. Um, so it was the last kick of the game, basically. So they just had a kick off. Um, there was no midfield in the game. Like, it was just one end to the other. It was the, um, Rog was on WhatsApp at the time, and he said that it was like watching basketball. It's just one end to the other end. Unbelievable. To the other end, to the other end, to the other end. To the, other end. the um, On being Sports, they had Rude Hullet and some other old bloke, and they just, at half-time and full-time, were just like, oh, it's not very good game management, or oh, they've done this badly. Fuck off! Exactly. <laughs> like... I'm really bored of old ex-pros going, oh, they can't defend anymore. Who gives a fuck? I'm having a great time watching it. <laughs> the world is having a great time watching it. They're, they're all complaining about, oh, the defence is not very good, or they can't defend, they can't... Hang on a sec. They can attack brilliantly, and the theory is, score more goals than them, you'll win. Problem is that these old blokes are going to be there for ages. Like the, the lifespan of a pundit Mm. It's probably 40 years, which, which <laughs> yes. is like three times yeah. the lifespan of an actual footballer. 
Yeah. These guys have got a gig for life. So you're going to be turning on BN Sports in 15 years and the same old bloody bald white yeah. bloke is going to be telling you that they are defending so like it was in the 70s. It's the same thing that pisses me off about when they say, oh, they do these stupid handshakes or they have silly, silly haircuts. They're all fucking 19, 20. They're kids. I had a shit haircut. I had hair when I was 19, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> if they had Twitter, you'd have been bang on it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was on MySpace. <laughs> you pick your favourite eight mates. Yeah. And um, Oh, you remember that? Picking your favourite eight yeah. mates. And that was controversial. It was, and then you'd move people and you'd be like, oh. Yeah, or you'd be really mad if you'd someone like, moved oh, out of your top friends. Well, well, I'm not yeah. in the top eight anymore. What happened? Oh, go my... Uh, wow. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, so I'm bored of old people complaining about the lack of defence. It wasn't... Quality-wise, it wasn't a great game of football. Like, it was... Roman never really believed they could get back in it. And Liverpool knew that if they could just get the ball and pump it forward, they might score. So it wasn't quality-wise, it wasn't great. Um, but brilliant fun to watch. It was just end-to-end, end-to-end. And uh, so Liverpool deserved to get through. I agree. Uh, I don't like Liverpool enough to get up at 4.45 in the morning and, and, and watch it. But I, <laughs> I certainly did, and I'll admit this, I certainly did when my alarm clock went off at quarter to six. I checked the result. The, 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 the game in progress yeah. really eagerly yeah. I was I was super keen to see what, what was happening and that was the point where it's 2-2 two, two. Yeah. and I had that same feeling and I shower I mean no one needs yeah. to know this story but then I got back it was 3-2 I was like what's going on here yeah. like is this is this going to happen and I and I can only imagine that you know one thing that Liverpool as a football club has going for it is global reach that it is one of the most well-supported clubs I've ever come across. Yeah. So whenever you travel the world, anywhere you go, it's everywhere. There's yeah. a Liverpool flag in every Irish pub yeah. globally. Yeah. So I can imagine the world enjoyed this game of football. Yeah. And I'll ask you a bigger question here. So we, when we, when we grew up as old white blokes who commentate on football, <laughs> yes. when we grew up and defending was good and, yeah. and haircuts were sensible, yeah. um, we looked forward to the World Cup. Yes. We looked forward to the Euros. Yeah. We didn't look forward to the Confederations Cup. Really. No, but no. The World Cup was the pinnacle. Yeah. It really, really was. And the Euros were almost a second fiddle to that pinnacle. Yeah. And it was worth looking forward to for four years because this was as good as it got. Yeah. Now, do you think we've surpassed that with, with the kind... Uh, because... Uh, no. and, and let me yeah. um, put more detail into that too. The global club, the World Cup was one of the only things that was globally appreciated. Yes. Whereas, yeah, okay. Yeah. Whereas you remember we we spoke um, maybe six months ago on the shed that there were only four countries in the world that weren't playing that Manchester City Liverpool yes. game. Yeah. Only four countries that one didn't of which play was that live. Korea. Or one of which was Cuba. Yeah. Like these are, these are countries that don't necessarily love you watching what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, did you see that um, Peppa Pig has been banned in China? No. British no. propaganda. Really? Yeah. Brings kids up with the. Oh, I read this. It brings yeah. kids up with the desire to. To pick, to buy, and to 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 own pr- like property and things that are not good for your for your psyche. Wow! Because it makes kids want Peppa Pig toys, and and any, they're a sign of capitalism. Anyone at home listening should definitely Google Peppa Pig's dad right now, and then look at a picture of Rod. Hundred <laughs> percent. Anyway, I, I digress. What was I talking about? Um, so it's one of the most global. The, the yes, Champions League is yeah. watched all over the place. Liverpool, the one of the most globally respected and and enjoyed clubs, yeah. they are playing a brand of football that even if you don't like football and you push against football yeah. and you argue for any other sport that, that captured your heart, yeah. you can still enjoy watching Liverpool yeah. play. Therefore, this game, this seven-six two-legged tie to get to the final, this magical story, I'd say that is probably gone down better globally than the World Cup in Russia. It's like, so in Australia, you have to get up at 4.45 in the morning to watch that game. I'm a Man United fan, have been for the best part of 30 years. But Liverpool, who are our biggest enemy, it was exciting to get up this morning at 4.45 and watch them play football. How fucked is that? It's ridiculous. But when you love football and you love football being played well and watching it and it being entertaining, there's nothing better. And Liverpool this morning, it was just great to watch. And I knew that setting my alarm last night, it wasn't going to be a bad move. I didn't wake up going, uh, oh, what am I doing? I was just like, awesome, yeah, pumped. Get, get the kettle on, I'm so, ready. So then when we talk about money in football and, and the brand of football, and you know, is it worth it and these prima donnas getting paid, whatever they get paid, mm. it's not a real job. They've yeah. just entertained a percentage, a worthwhile percentage of the world. Yeah. 
And when I, when I look at countries that have the highest population <laughs> density, yeah. uh, you know, Liverpool are massive in India. Yeah. Liverpool are massive in China. I've been to both of those yeah. countries and seen Liverpool flags. And they're huge in Egypt now. Oh, <laughs> they're the biggest club in Africa yeah. now yeah. because of that. Like, it, it's outrageous. So, so I would say that the world got a glimpse of what football could be more now than they will at the World Cup. I, to an extent, I would agree. I, the last Euros that we watched, mm. um, as a comparison to the upcoming World Cup, was super defensive. Like, it was really like, if I don't lose, and then I can grab a goal, I'll get through. And then if I maybe just draw all three games, I might get through. My fear for the World Cup is that the same thing will happen. That everyone will go, oh no, I'll just go into my shell and make sure I don't lose. I think the team that will win it may be the Liverpool or the Real Madrid or whatever that just goes, fuck it, let's just attack and make sure we score more than the other team. Now I'm going to keep on digressing here because there is one team that is in the World Cup that have the quality of player to do it and the type of manager stupid enough to do it. Oh, Belgium. It's Belgium. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> Belgium. Who is going to look at that and go, I'll tell you what, <laughs> just tell you what we're going to do. <laughs> we're going to just attack and attack and attack. Yeah, that's a very good point because... It, yeah, he's got nothing to lose. He might as well just attack. And it, when he does lose, like if if I'm wrong and, yeah. and they don't yeah. win the World Cup, yeah. he can turn around and go, well, actually, this is the future of football. We we went out there with pride. We went out there with, with dignity. We yeah. did what everyone was lauding Liverpool, so yeah. we're going to do this as a nation. And he's going to come up against teams who are lesser teams. He's going to come up with teams like Australia, yeah. who are just want to nick it, just want to stay tight, stay organised, and they're going to dominate. Yeah. So teams who just wanted to stay tight and organised have been getting Badged all yes. over by Man City all year. Yes. Yeah. And um, that's another point I want to come into later about Man City. But um, I do think it's attacking football, I wouldn't say it's the future of football, but I do think, at the, like, it goes in flows. It's cellular. Cellular. Thank you. I can't, I can never say that word. Um, but it always comes around. So in about five years' time, someone, the next Jose Mourinho will come along and everyone will be like, oh, defence is really good and important. But right now, this is the way that's winning. This is the way that's working. And so you just got to make sure you do it better than everyone else and score more goals than the other team. Someone will come along and kill it and that, and it will always happen. But the beauty is, so it, the, let's look at the last three cycles in football. Again, mm. Just disappearing down a dark path yeah, here. We've already got in the first game. Last three cycles in football. Uh, three cycles ago was Tiki Taka. Yes. It, was, it was Barcelona doing something that no one had ever seen before. Yes. It was... It caught the imagination of people. Now, it was deemed that that was the way football should be played across the board, yeah. and teams were trying to out tiki tacker each other, and it actually became stale. Yeah. It actually became just like a keep ball yeah. exercise. We, we watched Melbourne City for a try and drew exactly the same keep thing. Keep the ball for 65% just, possession and, and do not nothing with it, and it's yeah. one of the most frustrating things because teams without the quality of Barcelona were playing that style because that was, the, that was what was in fashion at the time. Yeah. Then we had Leicester come along. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Leicester did the opposite. Leicester won a game with twenty percent possession. And just defend. They defend, just they defend. just stood Oof. there waiting and had Jamie Vardy up front, who yeah. just had fucking five cans of Red Bull and a <laughs> couple of fags. He's gone off your trot, Snickers bar in one hand, getting the ball on his right foot, volleying yeah. it at the top, and, and then suddenly we saw teams set up like that. Yeah. And we saw it in the Premier League the year after Leicester. It was what was in fashion was to let the ball go, yeah. sit there and defend and wait to counter. Now, what we're seeing in Liverpool this year is almost an amalgamation of the two, yeah. but it's the, it's a new type of football. Yeah. They are comfortable letting the other team have the ball, but they it's such a high press, which Leicester didn't do. Leicester yeah. waited to they have possession back and then just countered super yeah. quick. But Liverpool's high press, whilst letting the other team have the ball, mean that means that as soon as they counter, they are just meticulous. In the final third as well. They're really far up the pitch. and um, It's brilliant. And that's what Roma did. Yeah. And, and you know there were people talking about Roma's poor tactics in the first leg because they kept attacking and it's like oh yeah. well, don't they know don't you know yeah. better if you're attacking yeah. against Liverpool yeah. you'll leave space for Liverpool to attack but actually what that made was a really good game yeah. of football <laughs> yeah. so I'm hoping that this phase is actually going to breed intelligent attractive football and I, and I think it will but there is an element of it of turning into an old white bold man where if you can get the defence right as well, then you're going to win everything. I'm hearing this. Is it possible? No. 
Okay, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yeah, well, because it's perfection, isn't it? Because if you've got the perfect attacking team and the perfect defending team, you can't do it. So Guardiola's Barcelona, Man City this year, incredible going forward. And I'd also say they're... Like, Man City have the best defensive record in the league. Mm. So you can't say they're shit at defending. They just defend through attacking. Like, the best form of defence is attack. They do keep the ball. They keep the ball. You yeah. can't score if you don't have the ball. If you don't have the ball... So you could almost say they're a brilliant defensive team because... They have the best, the least goals. It's a unique strategy, though. That that yes. can't be replicated no. without the caliber of players, and that's what we saw with Tiki Taka trying to be replicated. Yeah. My, my question is, when we look at Liverpool, yeah. and and there's comments flying all over the place about all they got to do is tighten up at the back, and they're and they're going to be world beaters. I wonder whether they they actually commit so much, so many players, so much of their strategy mm. is committed to going forwards. Do you physically have players left when another team counters on you? No. So, so how can how can we judge them on being a bad defensive side when when they're doing so much going forward? They've left themselves with two people standing there. So you, it's one or the other. Exactly. And also, whoever you get in. So like Van Dyke's been excellent since he's come in for Liverpool. I think he's been really good and he's shored up the fence. He's a very calm presence. So there's a calmness about what's going on at the back. But at the same time there's going to be mistakes happen be just because of the pressure and the constant like when the ball comes back it's you and you've got that one moment and if you fuck it up then they're through on score and that's it and that's going to happen again and again and again because of the way they play so even if you're the best defenders ever of history you're going to struggle and yeah you could have three centre backs and two defensive midfielders and negate that but then you're not going to score at the other That's end. the whole point, yeah. So, so, And the fundamental difference between what we've seen in Man City and Liverpool this year is Edison. Yeah. We've seen a goalkeeper who is much better than Liverpool's goalkeeper yeah. and he's also... Given basically this, a midfielder. He's basically well. a midfielder. Yeah. I mean, do you, did you hear this week that he says his one regret this season is not scoring a goal? No. And he's going to try his best <laughs> in the last two games to score a goal? Like, you're a fucking goalkeeper. <laughs> this is outrageous. And I wonder what he's going to do. Because, yeah. because he probably could go yeah. up and play one-twos with everyone and, I, and put I, it in the top corner. I was going to say, if you put him in midfield, he wouldn't look out of place. He used to be a midfielder. Yeah, when he was... Yeah. Like, he only started goalkeeping when he was like 15, 16. Is it, and you, you can tell, but that's the main difference, fundamental yeah. difference between those two sides. Yeah. So going back to the game. Sorry. No, no, that's good. I enjoyed that. Um, but so Liverpool through against Real. Real, did you watch any of the Real Bayern game? I did, I, I did. I watched more of that than the Liverpool game. I, so I, I only saw the last 20 minutes or so of that and it looked like a game lacking in quality and it looked like Bayern had run out of ideas by the time... I was watching for the last 20 minutes. They didn't, they didn't seem that there was belief in them that they're actually going to get anything out of it. I don't know what you're... Okay, whilst I am in the mood to jizz all over Marcelo's first touch. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Did you see his first touch in that game? No. So on the first goal, uh, Benzema's goal. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I can't remember who played the ball, just like last week. Uh, from the l- deep left flank... Yeah. Uh, switch of play yeah. oh, bypass the midfield over to the sorry deep right flank I made the same mistake last week <laughs> uh, and, and, it, and it dropped again his first touch before he put the cross in was just outrageous now I've seen it I can't unsee that man's first touch I know footballers are good yeah. but that boy Google Marcelo first touch in training and there is footage of him in Real Madrid training and they're stood around in a group and they're all just having a chat and then a ball just comes out of nowhere, out over the back, and he just sticks his leg out from the back, controls it, and brings it into the group. And he doesn't even look. Like, he just, it just comes out of nowhere, and he just grabs it and carries on conversation. I mean, for that goal, his cross was good. Benzema scored, that's fine. I don't care. His first touch is like nothing I've ever seen in my life. And, and ironically, having, well, not ironically, coincidentally, after having like, talked about it so much last yeah. week, that's what created their first goal. Yeah. Him having a first touch that's just a bit magical. Yeah, and just doing it. Outrageous. Um, did you see the goalkeeper flopping? Oh, I feel really sorry for him. You, you could... I like We've all been in that moment where you panic. Yeah. And it might be like you really need a piss and you've not made it or something's gone wrong and you're just like, oh no, I don't know what to do. Oh, and you could see his brain just go... But his problem was a pass back. Yeah. So, so his problem was, no. it, it was it was a pass back. He went, he went in to pick it up and then, then realised, oh no, this is a pass back. And by doing that, he fell over his own legs yeah. trying to re-establish <laughs> himself as a goalkeeper. Like, yeah. it, it, 
it was horrible to watch. <laughs> like, it was really painful, and I really feel bad for him. And and going out by one goal as well, like yeah. he, he's a lonely figure right now. But by, so Bayern Munich were my prediction from early on to win it this year. And I just thought it was not a solid one there, John. Yeah, no, good, good. <laughs> Always listen to my predictions. Um, but they have lost to Real Madrid the last two years in similar circumstances, and they just can't put the ball in the net. Like they have the chances, they had more possession the other night, and they're actually not putting the ball in the net. And someone that I, I, I like I said, I only watched the last twenty minutes, but from what the reports also said, that Lewandowski gets huge raps. I've never seen him play well. Like, I've never seen Lewandowski actually win a game that's big and matters. Yes, he might score a bit in Lukaku, score four against West Brom or whatever, and he might smash loads in against someone that doesn't matter. But actually, when it's a semi-final of the Champions League and you need your big players to stand up, he's never actually done it. So I... Because there's, there's talk of Real Madrid buying him as a replacement from Benzema. And I just don't think he's that good. I think it's a bit of a lie. So. Benzema is the third... Top goal scorer in Champions League history. Really? I know. It's outrageous. Wowzers. That's amazing. And yet we all question Benzema and whether he's any good. Yeah. And yet he's been playing for Real Madrid for what? Eight years? Nine years? I'm pulling yeah. it out. Three yeah, years, yeah, but yeah. Approximately. Benzema's very good. We, um, Roger and I, when we were at the World Cup in Brazil, we saw France play Switzerland. And France won 5-2. And... I whinged about Benzema the whole like two days before the game. I was just like, I don't want to see him. He's shit. I'm gonna. He's gonna prove me right that he's really shit. And it's yeah, I'm right. He's awful. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like everything he did in that game, he scored twice, I think, and he was excellent. His first touch is brilliant. His movements brilliant. He's so underrated. You remember the um the Real Madrid Man City game at the MTG where he scored just a casual overhead kick. Yeah. Like again, you know, you're not excited to see him. Yeah. But then when you do, it's amazing. So back on Lewandowski. I I hear what you're saying. I think that he's not the player that that does win games. It's a weird, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle to express this, but he's like um, Ricky Lambert. <laughs> in my, in my opinion, <laughs> were you expecting that? No, he's like Ricky Lambert. You might say Harry Kane. Or... No, no, he's he's like Ricky Lambert okay. plus ten percent. Yeah, like okay. he. <laughs> I'm struggling with this because because he, he he is really good and he know and he knows what he's doing and he knows where to stand. But you're not going to take his photo. Like, yeah, no, yeah. And I don't mean that he's ugly. Yeah. I just mean that, that his style of play is a Ricky Lambert style of play. Yeah, which means that even if he does take the game by the scruff of the neck, you're not aware you don't of it. Notice it yeah. the same way you notice it when Marcelo has one first touch and I think he's a fucking legend. Yeah, yeah. it's a different type of footballer. Yeah. So no, that's fair. if you see something in him, if Real Madrid see something in him to take over Benzema, they will see what you see, John, in yeah. Firmino. Yes, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll see yeah. that expert in his position that actually contributes a lot more than you Around. even notice. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, so Liverpool Real are in the final predictions. Uh, it's got to be Real Madrid. Really? A hundred percent. You're not back in Liverpool? Well, got, I'm, I'm back in Liverpool. But this is the, this is the thing. The, the emotional part of you. The, the, oh, the, yeah, there's no brain in this at all. Yeah, and that's it. And that's why people believe Liverpool are going to win. Yeah. People are thinking, oh, Real Madrid, they look shaky. They, they, they look, you know, crap in the semi-finals. Yeah. Oh, this is Liverpool's year. And you're starting to see this... this Building momentum, like something amazing is happening, something's bubbling away. Yeah. Actually, no, it's not. Yeah, Real Madrid are going to win this because they always win the European Cup. They have Ronaldo and Bale, and Bale's going to come off the bench on yeah. the 70th minute when Liverpool are knackered because they've been running all day, and Gareth Bale's going to run at 45 miles an hour, <laughs> and they're fucked. Do you know, I actually think that Liverpool will come out all guns blazing, as they always do, go two or three goals up and will either hold on to win 3-2 right at the end as Real come back in or it goes to extra time or they lose 4-3. They've got no chance if it goes to extra time. No. They'll lose their legs. Remember they how many games have they played this season? They've been in cup competitions. That... And they're running out of players. So they've only got Milner, Henderson and Wijnaldum as centre midfielders and oh. that's it. So Chan's out for the season. Danny Ings will be on the bench. Yeah, and... Uh, Lalana is on the way back. They've got no one else to play in centre midfield. Real Madrid have got this game. 
I, be- I believe it and, and yeah. don't get me wrong the romantic in me wants Liverpool to win I want it yeah. because I think as we said before this is the way you should be playing football and what Real Madrid did to Bayern Munich is not the way you should be playing yeah. football however when you're Real Madrid and you play like that you're going to win this game Real Madrid take a break midway through a half true they, and they, they've they got nothing else to play they, for they, they keep the ball yeah. they play it around the back they let their strikers have a bit of a breather like, they are professional yeah. at winning things I know that sounds like a, no, yeah, sounds like a weird thing no, to say that's right. uh, and the, what we hate about Mourinho you know, he mm. is professional at winning things yeah. he's going to win the FA Cup this season I'm convinced about yeah. it and everyone's bitching about him all year yeah. he's a professional at doing that Real Madrid didn't down. they know how to win a trophy Liverpool are going to come at it like, a, like an excited teenager with an erection yeah. and, and he might jizz on someone <laughs> but he's probably broken the law. <laughs> that's, that's a very good analogy. Actually, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, side point before we go on to the Premier League. Real Madrid play Barcelona in the El Clasico this week. Yep. Barcelona undefeated in the league this year. Oh, that's set up so perfectly. But the big thing I saw is at Barcelona, Real Madrid are playing $4.50 to beat them. No. Real Madrid, who are one of the best teams in the world and uh, going to be in the Champions League final and probably win it for the third year in a row playing four to five 50 to beat Barcelona. and Barcelona really won the, won the league yep better he, the week here's a, that is better the week I like mm. that here's a stat for you which um, you know, I like to leave a juicy stat on the shed that, that <laughs> lets you ponder so Messi has been involved in 36% of the titles in Barcelona's entire history fuck that's a lot How's that for More a statistic? Than a third. I just let that one thud down. So over a third of the titles they've ever won, he's been involved. He's in. been involved in. Fuck. I mean, influential? Maybe. Yeah, pretty good. Maybe. So let's go on to the Premier League, Jeffo. Okay. Um, now, I wanted to focus on the relegation battle. Definitely. That's where it's at. From last week, I reckon we should start with Palace, um, just because they are safe now. So they beat Leicester five nil at home um, Zaha was excellent um, and Roy Hodgson who gets a bit of bad rap from us and sometimes a bit of a good but rap we gave him good rap last yeah. week yeah but I just wanted to go well done Roy like they played seven lost seven scored none and then he's kept them up and if you look at their squad they're really good like if he stays around adds a couple um, there's nothing saying they can't be top half of the table next year I agree they deserve a lot of credit for what they've done um, but as you say they've got a good squad they shouldn't have been seven games without a goal bunch conceded not no. one I mean it's easy to say not one when you haven't conceded yeah. a goal but you know <laughs> they shouldn't have been in that position it was gross mismanagement um, their their first 11 is, is really good I, I think as a club they they shouldn't fear next year yeah. I think I think they should look at this year as a learning curve of going, well, what not to do as a business, as a club, as, yeah. as a footballing ethos. Yeah. But 5-0, they looked good for it too. Um, and the reason I wanted to mention it as well is because Zaha, about him leaving, and uh, I heard this week, um, he's, he's very big on Palace and he loves Palace and he's from there and he loves playing for the club. Brilliant. Um, there's a lot of talk about him going to Spurs. Spurs have a wage cap of 100 grand a week. Like, yeah. that's the max. And that's what Harry Kane's on. Um, maybe Deli Ali, maybe a couple of others. Um, Zaha, at Palace, earns 120 grand a week. No. So you can earn more at Palace, fighting relegation, than you can at Spurs. Isn't that ridiculous? Isn't that Spurs shooting themselves in the foot? Like, I when I heard that today, I was just like, that's madness. Yeah, but th- we've discussed this before. This is Spurs' huge problem. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to progress the way they should because of that. And it sounds so heartless yeah. to say, and football is not all about money, and I don't want to be no. so shut off to the real world. The, yeah. the, the, you know, we spoke about the joy of watching Liverpool. Yeah. However, you have a finite amount of time as a top-class player. In that time, you not only need to build up enough money to have the life you get used to last yeah. forever, yeah. you also feel like you want to win something. Now, we've spoken so much about the players that are leaving Spurs, and, and it's happening again this year. Yeah. What's his name? Um, uh, Alderweireld. Alderweireld. Yeah. He's he, basically been ostracised from the team, because yeah, he's going to go. And that's what Pochettino does. 
Because if, if you say you want to leave, or if you have overtures about you want to leave, or you're yeah. discontent, then it will just leave you out of yeah. the match day squad, which means that every year they're losing their better players. Yes, they're keeping the Deli Alleys and the Harry Canes, yeah. but, but they're losing the spine of their team. That's it. You see players leave. Yeah. Great. They've, this, they've got in the Champions League. Toby Alderweireld is arguably the best defender in the Premier League. Um, I would put him and Van Dijk as the top two pure defenders in the Premier League. And he's going to go. And he could go to Man City, he could go to Liverpool, he could go to Man United or whatever, and he will be the best player, best defender at that team. And he'll earn triple his wages, and he'll win something. Yeah, and they can see that. They've seen it yeah. with Kyle Walker this year. Kyle Walker winning the league of Man City is the worst thing that's ever happened to Spurs. Yeah. Danny Rose will be gone, he's going to be gone, and... I think Harry Kane and Deli Ali have only got another year or two. I agree, unless they unless they do something drastic. Because yeah. um, if you're so going back to Zaha, if you're Zaha and Spurs come in and go, well, we want to pay forty million, whatever it costs to buy him, uh, you come to Spurs, but you have to take a pay cut. No, why? No, you already live in London. You play for the club you love. It's got to be a pretty compelling offer for you to leave the club you love, the club you support. Yeah, and like remove. I know the numbers are astronomical mm. and ridiculous, but would you ever move job for less money? No, no, you're not going to do it. Especially not if you liked your job, and especially if you, yeah, you love where you are, you enjoy where you are, you're at home. This is great for your family. Everything's great. I'll, I'll move and let have less money. And the thing is, he's already done it. He went to Man United. It didn't work. He yeah. went back, and now he's happy. Yeah. So why would he do it again just for the prestige or just to yeah. play for a bigger club? He just wouldn't. Yeah. I I heard an interview when you were talking about the best defenders in the league, and I thought it's really interesting. I heard an interview with Carl Walker this yeah. week, and um. Kyle Walker was, was asked questions about how he was adapting playing in the three at the back formation for England yeah. saying it was a bit of a surprise and he's done it a few times but not much but then he just started waxing lyrical about John Stones have you, have oh, you seen it? yeah I, I've heard this yeah, yeah. so he, he was saying oh it's okay I didn't mind doing it because I'm playing next to John and, and he's pushed on it a bit for a, for a bit more info and he, he says argues, John is the most composed player we've got in our side he is the best defender I've played with. He keeps his head. He tells you what to do. I'm listening to this, I'm like, this is yeah. amazing. Like yeah. you don't. We we all talk about you know John Stones. Who he's not even first choice for Man City. Whatever the players who play with him, the managers who coach him, say he's fucking brilliant. say he this kid is yeah. is outrageous. And I think we also forget he is a kid. Yeah, he's 20, 22, 23. And as a centre back. Generally, you don't really get in the first team until you're 21, 22. It's based on experience. Kevin Phillips was still working in a fucking chicken factory at age 22. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He was a striker. Though. Um, but it's the... you, um, <laughs> Ricky Lambert, What he worked in a beetroot factory. <laughs> <laughs> with Benzema. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but you, as a defender, you get better with age. Like, there's a point where, obviously, you get too slow. But... In theory, taking John Terry as a bad example, but he was great still when he was 34, 35. Absolutely, yeah. And he's done well for Villa this year. And he's 37, I think, 38 maybe. And you don't, you know where to stand, where to be, where to read the game, how to do that. John Stones is 22. Mm. Like, he's got 15 years ahead of him. He doesn't need to be a world beater now. He's got all the attributes, all the talent, and he does communicate well. If he can just get a bit, a few more games, on, those mistakes will disappear. These we we notice the mistakes because we're we're programmed to find them because he's made them before. Yes, and that's what happens. And, and I can't talk to you about mistakes Mangala's made. Mm. I'm not telling you that Mangala's not made mistakes, yeah. but I'm not predisposed to look for them. Not every single one is just like, oh, what's he done? What's he done? He's not under that kind of microscope. Yeah. And John Stones is under that kind of microscope, yeah. and but it was just really interesting to hear the bloke who played next to him go. It's okay, I don't mind playing this new position because I get to play next to John. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to the relegation battle. So um, last week, Huddersfield lost at home to Everton, which is a huge loss because they now play Man City away, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home. So let's do the maths on this. So Huddersfield are not getting any more points, right? No. So basically, that's them done. Sitting on 35. Now, who, who's Swansea got? Swansea have Bournemouth away, Southampton at home, Stoke at home. So now, they Bournemouth on the beach. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's near the sea. Um, uh, Bournemouth away. Then they have Southampton and Stoke. In Lime country. <laughs> yes, yes. It's not far from the Jurassic Coast. Um, but Southampton and Stoke are both down there as well. 
Swansea's problem is that they have just hit a wall. They haven't won a game in ages. They've got a couple of draws and they're on 33 points. I actually worry about Swansea. So Swansea have still got to play Southampton, am I correct? Stoke. Holy crap. That so, is some exciting football coming coming your way. Yeah. Um but so you know the as as someone who is is keeps a keen eye on the Everton fixtures, Everton have to play Southampton and West Ham. Yes. Last game of the season. I have um concerns about West Ham as well. I've got to say they're sitting on 35 points, the same amount of points as Huddersfield. They play Leicester away this week. And they lost 4-1. And on that, I'm going to bring up a point now as you said that. So West Ham lost 4-1 to Man City this week. And West Ham just gave up. West Ham just went, we're not going to win this game. And just didn't put any effort in whatsoever. And I have a fear that a lot of teams in the Premier League are going to do that against Man City next year. It's almost just going to be, oh, we're playing Man City. They're really, really good. Oh, I hope not. It I really hope ball. not. But yeah, I just think I just the side point of yeah. I guess we'll, we'll get onto that in our in our in our season review next year. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, I, I fear for West Ham. They got thirty five points. If they lose to Leicester, now, I know Leicester on the beach. They got spanked five nil against Palace. But you, you don't get spanked five nil against Palace and then do worse the following week. You no. pluck up your ideas because you're playing for your job. But Leicester have a bit of a problem at the moment. So all the players have fallen out with the coach again. So. Um, Claude Poyal has kind of lost a bit of faith with all the players and it was all going well and then something's happened don't know what but there's lots of whispers coming out of Leicester just saying and saying we don't like the way he does training we don't really enjoy what we're doing fuck those guys once they won the league sorry just, yeah no yeah it's true though but once they won the league they suddenly went no we're brilliant and they just they hate everyone crash back down to earth and, and realise that they won the league because they worked hard yeah and um and you know it was all like sunshine and lollipops on the front but they worked very hard on the back end yeah. and now they now they consider themselves world beaters Premier League winners and, and it's just not it's not real I know it's you know what I mean um, Mares won't be there next year I'll tell you he's been disappointing for Leicester this year is Ian Acho yes I, I expect a lot from him I, ex- I thought he could walk into any side in the Premier League and, and be yeah. good and I thought when they signed him that was shrewd business yeah. and he's, he's been really disappointing um, so if West Ham get one point against Leicester yeah. I think they're out of this and we're just left with Huddersfield Swansea who can get sucked in yeah. for everyone at home the wind is getting ridiculous here, the, um, so sorry for the noise <laughs> this week the Everton-Southampton game is very important so wait, go back. So West, West, West Ham, Leicester. If West Ham draw, they're on thirty-six points. Yeah, I think that that's, that leaves that's them safe. Not, yeah. Um, and then, what was the other ones? Where were you? Sorry, I got distracted by wind. Yeah, sorry. Uh, um, Southampton, Everton, this yes. weekend. If Southampton get anything from that game, Swansea and Huddersfield are in real problems. If Everton win this game, Southampton are out, in my opinion. Well, so Southampton have Everton away, um, which Everton have been good at home, awful away, mm-hmm. but also nothing to play for. No one gives a shit about playing for Sam Allardyce anymore. Like, it's almost season's over at Everton. Like, they're all on holiday and they're all waiting for Marco Silva to turn up. <laughs> do, do you want to hear some. Oh, no, sorry, I'll let you finish your points first. Yeah. But then Southampton next week plays Swansea. So in the midweek games, they got that Swan- extra game against Swansea. So what even if a they game lose, that is. even if they lose, because I think Swansea won't get much against Bournemouth, it's still all open. So th- let me ask you something: Do you want Southampton or Swansea to get out of this? Ah, uh, oh, I want Swansea to get out of it. Why? Because Mark Hughes is a weird bloke, and I don't like him as a manager. Okay. Um, and I don't want Mark Hughes to come in at Southampton. Um, he's, I think he's one. He's, he for me is also one of those old white men who goes round in football and goes round and round and get, keeps getting jobs. Like, why has he got the Southampton job? He's been fucking awful. Like, if they get relegated, he's relegated two teams this year. Um, he was arrogant to leave Fulham because he said they didn't have big enough ambitions for him, and then he went and was crap at QPR. Um, everyone who plays with him says he's a bit of an oddball. Um, and I think that he... Which, like, I've got no problem being odd. But um, 
he's just not a very nice man to work mm. for or work with. Um, and I don't want Southampton to stay up and then go, oh, we've got to give him the job now because he kept us up and then they'll just get relegated next year anyway. I reckon it's better for Southampton in the long run to get relegated, get him out of the club, get someone in who fits with their ethic, which I think is still fine. You get the parachute payments. They've actually got a good squad and I think they've got a good squad of players that would be happy to play in the championship. Get back up and carry on. It's interesting because if he does get relegated or get the sack, I don't think he's coming back to the Premier League very quickly. And I, and I think that now Pardew's been shown to be a complete clown. Yeah. We're seeing some of this revolving door of old white bloke fuck off. Yeah. I and think, not to come back again. And that's a good thing. I think that's been one of the good things about this season is that everyone who's come in of the Pardew, Hughes, Moyes, all that crew, their careers are over, basically. Because they actually come in and they don't do much better than anyone else. And why not gamble on someone who's younger and... You see Darren Moore doing stuff at West Brom. You're like, oh, he's good. He's you know, he only needs one more point, and he's West Brom's most successful manager of the season. <laughs> one more point in four games. He has the same amount of points as Pardew had in eighteen. It's outrageous, it's ridiculous. And they're still not mathematically gone. And I would have put money on that weeks ago. Um, so, the, the, but the, I, I think the the thing that we have to be really conscious of is that. The teams that survive this year, and it could be anything. So let's say Stoke, Southampton, Swansea, Huddersfield. Any of them survive this year. If they don't drastically change something they're doing, they're down next year. And I think the teams that are coming up, so I think Wolves, if Fulham come up. um, Cardiff. Cardiff. I think those teams are in a better position than the teams that are going down. And usually you look at, I mean, let's, let's put, pull us back to the shed at the beginning of the year last year. We were looking at Huddersfield coming up. We are like, okay, well, they're going to have a great time and then mm. see you later. Yeah, I think we all predicted them to go down. Apart from me, surprise yeah. package of the year. Yeah. If they stay up. That's yeah. a, but, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like usually when teams get, get promoted... We, we saw it when Burnley came up the first time. Yeah. We're like, they're just so underprepared. Yeah. They'll be cannon fodder. They'll just enjoy the day out at Manchester United and, the, and they'll yeah. piss off back down for the championship. The teams that are coming up are well-organised, high-spending, good stadiums, great fan base. They're coming up for a reason. Yeah. Ex-Premier League sides. Yeah. The teams that go down are down. The teams that survive this dreadful bottom half of the, second, of the season are fucked next year unless they change something drastically. Okay, on Huddersfield... Taking Burnley as the example, Huddersfield came up before they were ready. And Burnley did the same first time they came up. They went down. They didn't sack their manager. They took the parachute payments. They didn't go and spend wildly on any occasion. They just fought smartly and added a bit to the squad. Came back up and now they're in Europe. Do Huddersfield, Is it better in Huddersfield... Like, it's obviously a nonsense question. Like, is it better to get relegated... But in Huddersfield scenario, with what you're saying, if Huddersfield just survive this year, next year, they're probably going to get relegated. Yeah, of course, yeah. So is it almost better for Huddersfield to get relegated, lose the three games that they've got against the big guys, get relegated, keep the coach, keep the players, keep everyone together, bring a couple in, come back up and be completely prepared and not be shocked by it, be ready for everything and then become a mid-table Premier League team. I'll entertain the pointless question. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, but I think yes. Yeah. And and I'll give you a few examples of why I think yes. If, had Sunderland have gone down when Big Sam saved them? Yeah, yes. So three years ago, two years ago? Two years ago, yeah. Had they gone down, they would be in a better position now, of course, obviously now they're in League One. Yeah. But they would have gone down with more money in the bank, better players playing for them, and less of a sinking, losing, horrible feeling about that club. Yeah. But surviving for three years, in the last couple of weeks of the season, like scraping 17th place and, and, and gripping on, then they didn't actually have to change their club. Yeah. They, they, they could maintain the status quo, going, oh, that's okay, because we're still in the Premier League, everything's yeah. fine, let's buy this one bloke for loads of money and give him loads of wages, because that's what you do in the Premier League. Yeah. And, and the rotten core just spread out so by the yeah. time they were relegated they were in no position to do anything now yeah, if, if yeah. Huddersfield go down they are still riding the wave yeah. they're Huddersfield people are going to be enjoying yeah. having a way yeah. day at Huddersfield yeah. actually everyone enjoyed having a way day at the stadium in real life because they were so fucked by yeah. the time they actually did 
go down and disintegrate. So, you know, I do think there is logic in that. We saw it with Burnley. However, mm. you've got to get back out. You've and got getting, to get back up. And getting back out in the championship. Like, the championship ends this weekend on Sunday at 9.30 Australia time. And Fulham and Cardiff can get promoted. Um, and they... Cardiff are one point ahead of Fulham. Cardiff play Birmingham. No, sorry. Cardiff play Reading. And Fulham play Birmingham. Both teams... Those, both those teams are under threat of relegation. So they've got a lot to play for. And Fulham play away at Birmingham. Right. Now, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, and I'll, I'll put my hat on this. Lucky it's being recorded. The team that doesn't get automatic promotion out of Fulham or Cardiff and Cardiff will not go through in the playoffs. 100%, you're right. Because also, they are that close that when you lose that, it's likely to be relegated. It's utterly devastating. How do you get yourself up from that? Yeah. And in the playoffs... Middlesbrough and Aston Villa are guaranteed, managed by old white men, Steve Bruce and Tony Pulis, who are grisly and old and crap. And but they know how to win the playoffs. I'll yeah, tell you. yeah, they know how. Steve Bruce has been promoted so many times. Yeah. So it's it's a. Re- I mean, I was concerned about this Premier League season when Man City were running away with it, but what's happening at the bottom is really, really interesting. And I still think, as I say, uh, and I'm going to keep on coming back to them, and I'm sorry for fans who are listening, but if West Ham don't get a point against Leicester, they are in this. Yeah. I'm, I'm just fascinated to see what happens because it's... Yeah, it can change. There can be... This time of year, there's always weird results. Like, there's part of me that thinks West Brom are going to beat Spurs. I agree. Um, can, can we just quickly, before on. we move off of this, give some kudos to Newcastle? Yeah. Seeing in 10th, and when we look at teams that are promoted that season, to have your first season back up from the championship sitting in 10th in the league, it's it's really impressive. Also with a shit team. Horrible team. <laughs> horrible, horrible team. Like, they had Dwight, who I rate, but everyone else says is shit, is Dwight Gale as their main striker. Yeah. And then they went, oh, we need to buy a striker. So they bought Hosselu from Stoke. And Stoke have not scored a goal all year. And Peter Crouch is their top scorer. <laughs> Peter Crouch is their top scorer. Yeah. And their reject was Hosselu. Oh, no. And Newcastle bought him. So, and they're above Palace, who we just waxed lyrical. They're above Wenger number two, Bournemouth. Yeah. Above Watford, who are the most inconsistent team in the world, by the way. Yes. Um, but Newcastle, their big thing, though, is Rafa Benitez. Is, that's purely Rafa Benitez. That's just purely good coaching, mm. good management. And him making that happen. Um, if he leaves, they are fucked. Of course. If absolutely. Mike Ashley leaves and someone comes in with a bunch of money and Benitez stays, they are on dreamland. He has to go to Arsenal. Do you reckon? It, it's not going to happen. It's, it, it, like I've not mm. heard it anywhere. Yeah. This isn't a rumour. Yeah. I have no connections yeah. to other club. Yeah. But that is a logical choice for me. It makes a lot of sense. Um, now we moved swiftly on before I could give you my Everton statistics, and I'm not. Oh, gonna, go on. I'm not, yeah, no, go on. Now there is a bit of a consensus that Everton fans are being harsh on Sam Allardyce. Okay. Have you have you have you have you heard no, that? The well, he is, and he's <laughs> ruining football. But the, you know, there's a, there's the same ethic that was given to Claude Puel, Puel, yeah. Puel, getting, the, getting yeah. the sack for yeah. finishing seventh or eighth with Southampton, or whatever yeah. it was. And so people are saying, well, Everton fans, like, suck it up. What do you expect? You were in the relegation zone, practically. Yeah. You're not a top six side. You're sitting eighth and Burnley have had the best season of their life. Like, suck it up. What else do you want? So I did a bit of digging to, to, to understand why I'm in the bracket of going, I'm one of those Everton fans going, no, but this is horrible. Yeah. Here we go. Here's some stats since his appointment. Everton are ranked 19th in the Premier League for shots. Good. 19th for shots on target. Good. 19th for chances created. Good. 19th for dribbles. Good. 12th for passes. Well, better. And 16th for possession. Yeah, that's fucking awful. That's crap football. That <laughs> is so horrible. So yeah, great. We can beat Huddersfield 2-0 the way. And, and Big Sam came out in the interview after it and said, what else could I possibly do? One 2-0 away... Like a clean sheet, away win, two goals, and he's like, I couldn't be, couldn't possibly do any more to win over the fans. I'm like that, those stats are why they hate you, you wine guzzling yes. clown. <laughs> That's true, and um, it's just not, 
it's, it's, it's going full circle back to the Liverpool game and uh, this morning and it's kind of chaos in this beautiful goal scoring way um, and yes you need a bit of pragmatism about you to survive in the Premier League but I think it's dying out people don't want to see it and maybe it's just the problem with modern society and we just want great entertainment all the time whatever bigger yeah. conversation but fuck I do yeah, that, like, like you pay your money, and, and uh, like you, yeah. we don't go to games, but you still pay your money to watch this, watch this beautiful game that you love. And yeah. and I don't care if you win two 0 away at Huddersfield. I would rather Roberto Martinez lose four three. Yeah, I would. And I, fuck, I mean, you spoke to me yeah. when he was ever manager. Yeah. That wasn't what I was saying. Yeah, but now I know the difference. Yeah, and the interesting thing is the last game of the season, Everton play West Ham. Oh, and he's ex West Ham. He is ex-West Ham manager and they hate him. Yeah. They absolutely hate him. And they hate him because the same statistics you could have reeled off when he was West Ham manager. Yeah. They go, yes, he kept them up. Yeah. Yes, he did X, Y, Z. However, they watched the same dirge type of football that Everton fans are watching now. Yeah. And the, the weird twist is that David Moyes is manager <laughs> of West Ham. Who we now, as Everton fans, look back on and go, oh, maybe we didn't know how lucky we had it when yeah. we had Moyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting scenario for the last game of the season. A um, couple of quick things. Did you want to talk about uh, Ross Barkley or Sissoko? Where's he gone? He's injured. What do you mean? He's injured. He's got. He's done his hammy. He's like, he can't train or anything. Okay. Um, what about Sissoko? You want him to talk about Sissoko? No, I just watched Sissoko um, this week. And... I I remember the deadline day. Tra- Sorry, I'm going off on one here. I remember the deadline day transfer saga. It was mm. a saga. Oh, yeah. where's Sissoko going to drive his Beamer to? Is it going to be? Oh, he was going to go wherever. Yeah, yeah. Or everything was agreed, yeah. and then he didn't pick up his phone. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. was like, oh, I phoned him. He didn't. Pick- it's just disrespectful. All this is coming yeah. out on Sky Sports News. Signed for Spurs. Passes medical. He is so horrible. He is imagine, such a horrible player. Imagine if he was at Everton now. He'd be the perfect. Epitome of what Everton is. It's exactly like, right. Overpaid shit. It, I and and so I, I watched him and I thought, ah, oh, I, I dodged a bullet, dodged a massive bullet, and then I heard a quote that summed it up, <laughs> and it, and it said, "Watching Sissoko play football is like watching someone play FIFA who's used to Pro Evo." <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's like, that's exactly it. Oh, wrong button. He's just got oh, the wrong right. button. He's got the wrong button the whole time, but he's remembered what run is. Yeah. I've got run, or I don't, no, I don't run. I just outrageous. do step overs repeatedly. So I'm, I'm giving you no substance to this. I'm just telling you that I watched Sissoko and he's crap. <laughs> he is crap, but he'll probably make the France World Cup squad and he'll probably play for France in the World Cup and do quite well. He'll win the World Cup, will yeah. he? Um, so before we go on to some side stories um, and the end feature... It's the A-League Grand Final this week. So I feel like we should mention the A-League Grand Final. Yeah, good. Um, and it's Newcastle Jets against Melbourne Victory, which no one at the start of the season would have predicted. Absolutely not. Um, it's at Newcastle because they won... Uh, they somehow... Who did they beat? They beat Melbourne, Melbourne City, City yeah. with their ridiculous um, over the head. Which went over the, around the world, by the way. By the time I watched that game and sent you a text and said, Melbourne City are one all." Get, like goal of the goal of the century, yeah. he didn't the, didn't mean it. Definitely, <laughs> he just flung his leg at it. I did listen to a podcast this week who called it the worst first touch of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone to control it. It's just gone. Doing. But oh. but then when we say I've given this some serious thought yeah. because when we say that he didn't mean it, which he didn't. No. But it's his job to be a footballer. Yes. It's his job to kick the ball with his feet. Yeah. It's his job to score goals. Yeah. He's on the pitch, up front, he hits the ball with his feet and he scores a goal. So we can't really say he didn't mean it. When... <laughs> do you know what I mean? No. Well, there's, yes, I do. There's no. part of me that's like, yes, he, it was an unintentional best goal ever. It's, but it, it's but just ridiculous. It's outrageous. And I watched it live. I went through the emotions of that. Live, and you could see the Melbourne City players just deflated after that thing went yeah. in. Because you're like, you can't account for that shit. No, that's just completely abnormal. So, predictions. It's at Newcastle. Newcastle against Melbourne Victory. Who's going to win? Newcastle. I really want them to win it. Like, they've come out of nowhere. I didn't expect them to be anywhere near as good as they have been. And I would love it if they win it. Now, for those who haven't watched a lot of A-League just see Melbourne Victory play uh, 
uh, worth, it's not Man City, but they play to that ethic. They play a possession-based football. Mm. They have a player called Bessup Brisher up front who is clinical. Yeah. Clinical. Um, he's not flamboyant, yeah. but he's clinical he puts the ball in it. and he's a thug. Yeah. So he, he, he's a bit of a Diego Costa. That's exactly right. He's yeah. exactly right. Um, whereas Newcastle play like Leicester of two seasons ago. Yeah. So, however, they play like Leicester of two seasons ago, but they waste time for fun. Yeah. They, like, <laughs> they absolutely love taking a very long time to take a throw in and then and then put the ball down and then having someone else come up and pick yeah. the ball up and go, oh, no, 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 actually, where's the left back? The left back, you take it? Oh, no, the goalkeeper will come and have a throw. They do that all day long. And I think that it that's not going to tee up for a very good game of football. No. That's <laughs> but I do think Newcastle have got this sense of momentum that, that is too hard to stop right now. Yeah, they're the Liverpool of the Champions League yeah. this year. They've got the momentum. They've got there. It's at home. And they've got a win. Victory beat Sydney. Melbourne victory beat Sydney FC, who are, in my opinion, the best they're team, the best team in the league the A League has ever seen. Yeah, they've they've won the league two years in a row. As in, finished top yeah. in Australia. Obviously, there's a final series, but they finished top two years in a row. They they were embarrassed, kind of, but they weren't that terrible in, in the Asian yeah. Champions League. They are the best team that we've seen, and victory got themselves up for that. It went to extra time. I think that that was it for them. I yeah. think that was the game they were looking forward to, and I think coming off the back of Wonder Goal, and they, they only the got Jets through that on extra time as well. This, yeah, I, th- I think Newcastle are going to win this game. So do I, and I bloody hope so. Um, do you have any side stories, Jeffa? I do. Have you heard about the team in um, in Scotland, Brecon City? That's my side story. You no, no way. But yeah, go on. I've got another one, so that's okay. Okay, so Brecon City are the first team in British footballing history to not win a single game all year. All year. And they're in the championship. It's not like they're like Division 12 or whatever. They're in the championship. Now, and it's called Brecon, by the way. Sorry, Brecon. <laughs> Brecon Beacons, is that where the Brecon... That's in Wales. Oh, they're not the Welsh, they're Scots. Okay, so they played 36 games, won zero, drawn four, <laughs> lost 32. Do you know what they're calling them? What? The Vincibles. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually brilliant. It's <laughs> that. That's so good. You've got to embrace it, haven't you? You're like, fuck it. With the Vincibles. Oh, we played for the Vincibles. Do you reckon they release a DVD? Yeah, <laughs> Every amazing. Game. All three goals they scored. Um, my si- my other side story, which I had Brecon City as well, is um, in the Swiss Super League uh, this year. I definitely didn't have this. You no. got this one. This is all you good. Um, the league was won by a team called Young Boys. Oh, it's their first ever title. Yeah, it's their first yeah, ever title. Um, but How do we know this? Yeah. <laughs> um, and Basel have won it for the last seven years mm. um, and that's another thing that's for another story about um, teams in smaller leagues in second tier so like Bulgaria Ludogorets have won the league eight years in a row because they get in the Champions League like Celtic in Scotland Celtic yeah. in Scotland so they get more money and then they go back to their local league and just win it again yeah. so loads like we complain about the top tier leagues being monopolised and Man City win it and Juventus win it and whatever but actually it's happening in the lower leagues because of the Champions League but Bigger, wider conversation. But Young Boys uh, won. Do you know the name of their stadium? No. Wankdorf. Fuck off. They Wankdorf? <laughs> Young Boys play at Wankdorf. Wow. It's the best name. I wondered where you were going with this. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, I'm just not disappointed. They, um, they've changed the name of the stadium to Stade de Suisse because so many people thought it was hilarious that Young Boys play at Wankdorf. But it's still called Stade de Suisse. Rankdorf National Stadium. Wow. Um, I love it. I love that, John. You've made my day. Good. Um, time for the end feature, Jeff. You got a new song for us? I do. I do. Oh, yeah? Are you ready? Yeah. That's the same. It goes up. No, it's exactly <laughs> the same. It's <laughs> exactly the same. Um, so, do you have your bet at the ready? I do. I do. Um, have we heard anything from Roger Gibbs? Nah. Oh, useless. No bet, Rog. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a shame. So I have taken the relegation battle and I've put my own hard-earned money on it. Um, right. Now, if you take into account everything that we've spoken about before, Bournemouth are on the beach. Yes. 
Now, they play Swansea. Swansea need to win this game or else they're fucked. Yeah. So I think Swansea are going to beat Bournemouth. West Ham play Leicester. Yep. Leicester are on, on the, the beach. beach. Yep. And fucked. And everything we've spoken about before. West Ham need to win this game. We've said they need to at least get a point from this game or they're fucked. That's my bet. Those two to win. Guess how much that's paying? Quite a lot because I was looking at similar things. 11.50. That's good. $10 gives you $110 back. That's really good. That's a, yeah, that's a very, I've actually, just because you've had West Ham in your bet, I've just removed it from mine. Oh, interesting. Because I had four legs, uh, but I've narrowed it down to three. I've gone for Man United to beat Brighton at $1.60. Because it just seems too much. Mm-hmm. I put Fulham to beat Birmingham in the Championship because they have to win, and they've undefeated in twenty-three games. Yep, dollar sixty. Um, the Bournemouth Swansea game, I looked at, and I was just like, Swansea have to win this game. And then I thought about it, and yeah, Bournemouth on the beach, but they can attack, but they can't defend. So I've just put both teams to score. Interesting. Okay, um, at dollar sixty. So three legs paying four dollars thirty-eight. Oh, mine's way better than yours. Yours this is week. more exciting, but I feel like mine's going to win. Okay, good. I've got faith. Um, but thanks for listening, everyone. Have you got anything else before we go, Jeff? No, just Podbean. Listen to us on Podbean. 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 You can find us on Podbean and Facebook. And... When are we going to start getting adverts? The bit <laughs> I listen to the BBC podcast have started like. Oh, they do that annoying thing where uh, dicking out adverts on me now. Yeah, the BBC at the start say. This BBC podcast is being played overseas, so there may be adverts. Yeah, Sorry. so when, uh, come on, if you're an advertiser, get in touch, give us some money. <laughs> we want money. We need to do up the shed. We need a, we need it's a, coming up to winter. We need, we need a, a shed, shed revamp. We need a heater. We need some <laughs> tiles. I could do with a curtain in the shed. But money, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> give us some fucking money. Yes. I'll, I'll say that I wear Nike trainers. Yes. Money, please, Nike. Yes. Thanks, well, Nike. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Are you going to play us out, Jeff, with oh, one yeah. of your new tunes? Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Eat Krispy Kreme donuts. Give us some money. Yes, please.